0: This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. From palm fronds to nose butter, I now, in this segment, bring you to coffee. I love coffee. I like coffee, and I make it early in the morning. What time, guy? Well, I make it at around 5 o'clock. Uh, in fact, I don't think I remember the last time I made coffee, except when company come over in mid-afternoon-like, uh, and uh, I don't actually drink it much after, let's say, 2 o'clock. But I can't remember the last time I made coffee, let's say, any later than, oh, I don't know, quarter past 5. The pot is on at five o'clock and, um, almost on the clock on the dot, uh, sometimes actually earlier. Uh, if I get up early, I, you know, I, I think I'm known through my podcasts, uh, for you. I think, you know, that, uh, I don't really get a solid sleep in at nighttime or through the night. Um, I get up at intervals, um, have a cigarette and go back to bed. Uh, pretty much. I might make, uh, I might make a, a Newman's own juice, uh, not coffee at that point um, not definitely not coffee in that juncture although I don't think it would bother me um, I can actually go right back to bed uh, later in the morning after I've had coffee and uh, you know get a little nappy poo in or a, a, a sub sleep in. Uh actually dream uh, you know for an hour uh, my REM sleep comes on pretty quick I think my body's sort of used to my um, getting up but uh, I'm trying to work on that I'm trying when I wake up I I try to, to sometimes I, I get right up, but sometimes I probably not enough times I try to force myself to go back to sleep and it's it's nearly impossible. So I do end up getting up. Um, and uh, you know it's 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 sort of a 1 uh, thirty uh kind of thing. Uh, and it's, so you know it's, it's it's at least two or three times at night that I'm up uh, for about uh, 10, fifteen minutes. Uh, before I get back in the bed uh, but uh, with the coffee it's five o'clock and um, so what I do is I, uh, I um, and this is gonna be sort of a rating of different coffees we might have a little bit of fun with this I've tried out some different brands um, I like to try variety I don't like to usually stay with one brand uh, unless I really like what I, I like Newman's own juice uh, mango tango is my favorite it uh, doesn't have any high-fructose corn syrup. Watch out the label on those cartons that you find in the refrigerated section of the grocer of the supermarket. Uh, you're going to have some high-fructose corn syrup uh, added in there into the fruit juice. Um, even though they may even say 100% juice, they can add sugar and still say that. But uh, Newman's Own... And 100% of the profits uh, of the yes 100% of the proceeds of the profits uh, go to charity and I think it's a wonderful thing it's pretty magnanimous for a company to do that especially after the death of its founder Paul Newman Uh, but in any event and there's different flavors uh, stop and shop locally here pretty much I've seen just the lemonade uh, the um, the pink variety Uh, and the yellow variety, uh, and the only other choice after that is the mango tango. Uh, Sometimes they carry the passion fruit, which I'll get all the time over the mango tango, although I love the mango tango, Uh, but the passion fruit is to kill for. Uh, It's probably one of the best items in the market, Uh, but uh, look for the carton too, not not the warm ones that are on the aisle although those are good too i I don't think newman's owns makes those in the plastic containers um the if you want to go down the aisle though i recommend you getting the um the uh uh the the nectars the nectars the thicker uh you're going to pay quite a bit more but um very very satisfying especially with ice um but back to coffee back to coffee um uh The brands we're going to go through in a minute, and I've only really want to touch on, I'm going to give a a five rating on these. And um, this is unscientific based on my taste buds. I think I'm one of those super tasters, but I'm not sure. Haven't been tested for it. I don't know how they can test you for that. Um, I have a pretty good sense of smell, I think, for a man. Women tend to be more sensitive with the nose. Um, I do smoke that does, uh, take down a notch or two. Um, but as far as uh, the bean, uh, let's start with the whole bean versus the, uh, ready-made bean. I get the ready-made cause it's convenient and that's the only reason. Otherwise I'd get the whole bean. Uh, sometimes I have gotten the whole bean. There's nothing like, uh, grinding and you know where I'm going with this. You know, what I'm going to say is better. There's nothing like grinding the whole bean um, it, it comes out warm out of the grinder uh, it has an aroma that is uh, priceless and uh, if that's a good term to use for coffee probably uh, it's it's like it's like brown gold and it's just wonderful it delights the senses even just opening up that, that lid of your grinder or or your blender I use my blender Cause I don't have a grinder right now uh, watch out with the blender especially removing the coffee those blades are sharp uh, just a caution to the wind here uh, actually a caution to you I'm sure you'll heed heed that caution just be careful uh, and uh, I grind as much as I can fit um, if you have your beans store them in a dry airtight container keep it in a dark place uh, don't necessarily mm either way on refrigeration but i think in a warm dry place is probably best uh and and use it as you serve it or as you as you consume it grind it only the amount you're going to use your beans will keep the coffee uh, a lot of flavor locked into that bean until you release it but if you do want to bulk grind that's nothing wrong with that but again the airtight container for storage because uh, you're only going to use so much right um so I do that and uh, so let's say we grind it, we've got, we've got our nice pile there um, and then we, we uh, transfer that to the uh, brown filter. There's a new study out that says that filtered coffee uh, is, uh, is better than non-filtered such as percolator. Um, my brother Pierre and Janet had a percolator just for a small stint of time. Uh, they were enjoying their coffee, uh, and then my brother Pierre found out that filters better. He went out and got a, uh, a, nice, uh, a nice coffee maker, works, works really well, um, it, it's, he's, they're enjoying their coffee, they're very fussy with their coffee, they've tried many coffees and, and they just weren't satisfied with, with the results. And then they landed on uh, this coffee maker that makes coffee and they can pretty much get now get any brand and they, they enjoy it very much so uh, I use that as a gauge Pierre and Janet the Pierre and Janet coffee gauge um, any recommendation they make for coffee a certain kind of coffee I try to follow uh, but I do I am my own person when I go in the supermarket uh, my local stop and shop here um, it's typically where I buy my my groceries and my coffee it's the first aisle right up right by produce it's very convenient Um, and I won't forget to get coffee if I am running the least bit low Uh, the coffee gets into the brown filter Uh, and again uh, the the, it's uh, uh, not that coffee percolated is cancer-causing but it is healthier Uh, And more anti-cancer. Let's just put it that way. More anti-cancer because coffee does have antioxidants. And it fights cancer just by nature of it. But more effective by filtering your coffee. Preferably through a brown paper filter. Uh, If you have a gold filter, that works. But the brown paper filter will absorb more. Uh, Just common sense on that one. And don't ask me how that study was, was conducted, why the, the impetus of it and how they came to that conclusion and how they were able to disseminate uh, or draw that conclusion. I don't know how they did it, but if that's the case, then we'll have to listen to them. Um, I like a small mountain. I put a mountain, a peak of coffee in my carafe. In, I'm sorry, in my uh, container. Uh, that goes into the coffee maker and I eyeball it. I don't take a teaspoon out or a tablespoon rather or a scoop uh, equivalent to let's say two or three tablespoons. I don't use that kind of measuring. Uh, I remember the old uh, chock full of nuts. I don't know if you do. Always came with a little scoop in it, a uh, cute little scoop uh, cylindrical uh, and it would give you the right measure. That's all well and good. Um, I think I might even have one of those in the drawer, uh, an old one. Um, but, um, and maybe I should adopt that. But I like my visual method. Uh, what I do is I put, so I make only about five cups. Uh, remember, five cups on your on your carafe uh, in your coffee maker is really only equivalent to about two and a half. Uh, some of the mugs that you get. Today's mugs, maybe even equivalent to just about two of those mugs. Uh, so you've got to realize the five-cup method is a little outdated. Uh, it's a good way to measure, of course, by cups, with the unit of measure. Uh, but you've got to factor that in. So for about five cups, which I do, so let's say six cups as a standard, um, I would put in um, about an inch up. I would put about an inch up of your Medium uh, to fine ground. I don't like. Uh, I want to mention that too about grinding. Um, don't grind it too fine. Uh, it'll first of all, it may if your blades aren't sharp enough, it may even burn the coffee uh, a little bit. Believe it or not, it, it builds up quite a bit of heat as you grind it with these power grinders, and you know you may scorch your coffee by doing that the un, the uncooked coffee uh, I'm sorry the unbrewed coffee uh, so you've got to be careful about that uh, so I go about medium fine and I had, how do you do that how do you know it's medium fine well if it's a little granular I think you're perfect if it's powdery if it sticks to your fingers uh, if your fingers aren't wet of course Then you're probably going a little fine. Uh, The Givalia, which I rate as number three out of five, which is very good, Um, there's a tie for that. You'll find out in my ratings, is a very fine. The European ground coffees are finer, Uh, like your Italian coffees are finer. Uh, And you're going to find that out. And the American coffee, uh, Arabica. Uh, as opposed to Robusto uh, they're gonna be a little coarser not too coarse but they're gonna be actually the consistency that I like most most manufacturers grind coffee at the consistency that I'm, I'm fine with um, there's a little bit of latitude not a lot um, I'd rather err on the side of fine than uh, coarse okay so about an inch up in the basket Okay, that's the right term for what you insert into the coffee maker with the dry coffee before it's brewed. About an inch high up on that basket, no matter what size of basket. And then add a, a little mountain top to it. Add add a little bit, so you're not adding to the size, you're just going to add to the top to make a peak that's approximately a half inch high. That's a perfect basket. That's a perfect serving for 6 cups of coffee trust me, it'll work. okay it works it works for me. I know that. And then you uh, insert that of course in your coffee maker. Um, you can now take your water and I use, uh, I use water that is a filtered water. I take my, I take my britter out of my fridge, nice cold water. I uh, don't know why cold water works better than warm or, or tap water or you know lukewarm, but it, it seems to. Um, I like that crisp cold water going into the, the uh, reservoir, and I pour that up to the six. The well for me, it's five about five cup level, but in, our, in cases in this case, we're going to use the six measurement. So bring it up exactly to that line, and you will be good. You know, uh, hit the button there and give yourself a few minutes. Uh, come back. And you're gonna pour a perfect cup of coffee. I'm sure. I'm sure of that. Pierre and Janet were always in amazement how good my coffee was. And I, you know, I didn't want to brag, but I was kind of. Uh, I had told them I had a pretty good system. And I think I said, I, I know, uh, you know, if you just use my tips, you, you'll be fine. And I said, I'm sure you're doing a good job anyway. Um, so they were very particular, and now they've landed on a perfect cup of coffee. Kind of like the Mary Tyler Moore syndrome, where the coffee has to be just right for the husband, and uh, so, so that's the story with that. That's my coffee brewing method. Uh, preferably whole bean, ground to a medium fine consistency, uh, accurate measurement, and cold, cold water gives you gives you the proper the proper cup and uh, okay. now my ratings the ratings number 5 on my list number 5 okay let's let's get this right totally unscientific again and based on a taste factor satisfaction factor i think satisfaction is what you aim for in a cup of coffee you want a well-rounded cup of coffee you want a coffee with a little bit of bite not too much acid, you want bold and you want body. You want aroma, you want uh, a little bit of earthiness. Uh, you just want good overall flavor, okay? So number five is a brand that has been around in supermarkets, well A&P supermarkets in the old days. It's eight o'clock brand, but it's not the eight o'clock standard brand. I, I eschew those, uh, those standard brands, uh, like Maxwell House. Well, first of all, Maxwell House, the canned coffees, forget about it. Uh, but they can come in in a pinch. If you've got an emergency can up in your cupboard uh, that uh, saves you with the company, uh, you know, you more power to you. So you've got, uh, you know, Chuck Full of Nuts. You've got Chase and Sanborn. Uh, you've got uh, even U-Ban, I guess, might still be around, although that's a decaf brand, I believe. Uh, you've got Maxwell House, Folgers, uh, I know Pierre and Janet uh, were getting frustrated with fancy coffees, and they uh, kind of went for the Folgers route. And uh, you could have put a blindfold on me, and I, I, I had trouble telling apart. I, I was really surprised at the the, uh, the taste of the coffee, and the overall. Uh, you know, I would have given them a six. I would have given them a half a point on the one to five scale, uh, and, and uh, based on my Relatively fussy uh, uh, parameters, but uh, the the coffee was good. But it's a robusto bean. Uh, it's a less expensive bean. Um, back in uh, I'll use Mary Tyler Moore as a reference. Back in the old TV days, when they served coffee, in the 60s, it was a it was a it was the robusto bean that they served typically. Uh, you know, and there was there was a arabica back then. There was gourmet coffee. Uh, but it didn't take off. I know gourmet coffee didn't really take off until the late 70s or, or the 70s, let's say. Um, and before that, robusto. So you had uh, you, know, you had your canned coffee and you had it perked. And uh, it's a mass-produced bean, just a cheaper bean. The Arabica bean is a more expensive, a more esoteric bean that's, of course, commonplace today. Uh, you can't go down the supermarket aisle without tripping over bags of coffee. Uh, and, you know, some stores have the grinder right there. Uh, people have much more discerning tastes. It's tenfold over what it used to be from, let's say, the 60s. So, uh, uh, for rated fifth in place with a one out of five scale. is It's called uh, EOC look for that brand EOC 8 o'clock means 8 o'clock and it's their more premium brand uh, comes in a, uh, a foldable bag that, that actually I like better than the foil bag because it folds better uh, stores a little bit better in your, your, your cupboard a little bit neater uh, watch out pressing too much pressure taking that air out of the bag after you've uh, taken out your your uh, your grind uh, you're serving because uh, you can break the seam. It's got seams on it. That's the only problem, whereas the aluminum, uh, the foil bag has a, uh, has only one seam in the back that's usually much more rugged. So that's the only advantage of that. Um, the foil bag is thicker. It might, might actually be better for storage, but EOC is the brand I like. Uh, number four uh, is, it's called Lavazia. And it's a European blend. It has an Italian-looking la- label, like an espresso label to it. It's got red, brown, and on a white background uh, with some gray in there. And I give that, that's number four. its It's got a two out of five rating. Uh, it's good coffee. Uh, it has, um, it's got, it's got a nice flavor to it. It's definitely got the body um good color in the cup um the satisfaction factor is the biggest part and that's a two out of five so then we move up to gevalia i like the yellow bag uh the yellow bag is really cool it's a very golden yellow color uh it looks like a larger uh, bag remember when you buy a coffee you're not buying a pound you're buying about a 12 ounce sometimes smaller uh, i think this looks like a 12 ounce and, uh, and uh, you want to uh, make it and brew it approximately the same. You might want to use a little less on these first two that I'm rating. Uh, the Chevalier and the EOC, because uh, they are, well, not the EOC. no I, the Chevalier the is the Chevalier the and the Lavazia. The, they are ground finer because Jevalia is also a European brand or a uh, Swiss brand. Uh, and that is, uh, got good flavor, definitely good body, good color in the, in the mug. Uh, satisfaction factor brings it to a three out of five. Um, and it's rated, uh, third on the list. Second on the list, second on the list is New England Coffee Company the freshness factor is off the charts it's just good fresh coffee well they're all fresh they're all good and fresh tasting the the, the methods of, of shipping and and distributing these these uh these ground beans is uh very very high tech uh it's it's brought from the factory uh, the mill straight to the uh the store shelves in in split time and it's got a four out of five rating it's it's a great coffee and i like it a lot uh unscientific again i like it the boldness of it um uh again the freshness of it the color in the cup is almost perfect uh the satisfaction is 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 excellent Number one, number one, rated number one, and it's got a five out of five rating, is... You ready for this? Okay. I don't know if you're going to be ready for this one. It's Stop and Shop brand. It's a brand that's not even their Nature's Promise brand. It's the brand below it, and it's called Hawaiian. And it's wonderful, 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 wonderful. I'm drinking it right now. I bought two bags. Just discovered it just recently. In fact, very recently. In fact, this is my first cup. And I'm so knocked over, bowled over by it. Maybe I just made a perfect, perfect ratio here. Uh, but I, I think I've, uh, I've got it down with this coffee. This is going to end up being a mainstay unless something else comes my way. It's a dark, dark, uh, looks like a black bag. It is a black bag. It's got the Stop and Shop logo in the corner. Uh, if you're out on the West Coast or Midwest and you don't have a Stop and Shop near you, maybe there's a store brand uh, equivalent to it. You're going to have to discover it, that for yourself or you're going to have to go online and order it on Stop and Shop's website if they have that, if they can do that for you. Uh, check and see because it's a great coffee. It's a Hawaiian blend. Uh, it's it's not even it's a not even pure Kona, but it's just great. It's uh, the color in the cup is bright. I, I when I poured the cup, I was just impressed just to look at it, uh, and the taste is so satisfying. It's got a full body. It's a bright bright tasting cup of coffee, and low acid, low acidity, uh, mellow. It's a mellow cup of coffee. I'm gonna go pour another cup right now. In fact, I'm going to end my podcast because I'm just going to go pour my cup of coffee. So I've talked quite a bit of coffee. I, I'm excited about coffee. I discovered Gourmet Coffee in the 80s working in an ad agency in Providence and um, and Chaffee Bedard, it was called. And my friend, Ken Bostrum turned me on to coffee. I've got to credit Ken. If you're listening out there, Ken, haven't been in touch with him in years, but... Uh, We would go to the coffee exchange, which is still in business. It's now across the street from where it used to be. I actually like the old place better. Uh, Had a real intimacy to it. It's one of the old line coffee shops on Wickenden Street in Providence. If you ever want to visit Providence and you want to get a good cup of coffee, you'll be guaranteed a cup. So outside of the gourmet coffee uh, purveyors out there and outside of the coffee expensive coffee brands that you'd find uh, let's say at Whole Foods although you can get a decent price on on coffee it's one of the few items that they have that's actually pretty 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 well priced and popularly priced uh, coffee is expensive but it's not that expensive think about it think about how great coffee is entertaining it's the focal point of uh, of coffee uh, it uh, overtakes the the, the the raisin Danish every time. Uh, although the Danish doesn't doesn't hurt to have a little bit of that. I like pastry with coffee. In the morning, I don't really eat right away, um, so I enjoy coffee for you know an hour or two. Well, maybe not a two, but quite a while. And uh, and that's it. I just wanted to to leave you with that and enjoy the bean. Mash is one of my favorite television shows. And this episode is a real winner. It takes place in and just outside of uh, Rosie's Bar, uh, the, the haunt on on the campus of the MASH 4077th. Uh, you really don't know where it is. Uh, it's, the location is uh, sometimes in some episodes it seems like it's close and in some episodes it seems like it's a little, little more detached. Uh, but in any event, um, there's gambling, there's drinking, there's dancing. It uh, starts off kind of quiet with just Hawkeye uh, making his cereal concoction of Rice Krispies. Uh, pours out a small box of Rice Krispies um, and snap, crackle, pop. It uh, pours a beer over it, and it actually looks actually pretty, pretty appetizing. Uh, I might want to try that out sometime. Not a bad idea. And Rosie is talking with Hawkeye, and there's some exchanges. And, uh, in comes BJ. I think he's the next one. And some other extras, um, uh, come in a little bit after that. And all of a sudden, by the, uh, seven minute show mark, um, after commercial, of course, uh, the, uh, the bar is, is, is full to capacity. Uh, there's some, Shuffling of dice in the back room with Klinger, and he's on a roll. He's, uh, he's got a script with him and he's, uh, he's betting up a storm and he's winning against, uh, the two, uh, uh, Chinese that are there. Uh, and they are, uh, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're ready to trade the dice for some trick dice. The, The game's rigged, but he doesn't know it. Father Mulcahy uh is uh is uh trying to guide Klinger to the path of righteousness and at least give him some good tips and uh winning the money off the hands of the uh the bad guys and uh it's it's abrarious. um scully comes in he's a, a, a one that will be on a couple other episodes and uh is smitten by margaret who makes it into the bar uh, Colonel Potter is no way to be seen except in the, one of the last scenes, he comes in and corrects the situation. Um, Hawkeye and BJ have, uh, tied up, uh, Winchester who, uh, doesn't want to be officer of the day. He's wearing his, his ODD band, OOD band. And, um, he, uh, he knows that Hawkeye was supposed to be the officer of the day and have those responsibilities that would keep him from the fun. Uh and Hawkeye uh dismisses Charles entirely. Um we later find him again. Like I said, he's tied up on a chair in the bar in the corner. Uh and they're practicing sitting on him as a joke. And the laughs are a mile a minute. The show is one of my favorites. Uh it stars Alan Alda. Um uh, it also has uh Harry Morgan. It has Loretta Swit, Jamie Farr, William Christopher, David Ogden Stiers, Stiers, uh, and Mike Farrell. And it's a great cast. Uh, Try to look up that episode. I think you'll be really uh, entertained. Uh, There's no the OR, the uh, post-op, Radar's control room, so to speak, uh, with his teddy bear, um, Colonel Potter's uh, command center, the swamp, Houlihan's tent, the mess hall, nowhere to be found. Uh, the episode has a uh, sort of a uh, completeness to it where it just is taking place in the bar. Rosie herself is a uh, someone that uh, you don't want to take advantage of. She knows the feel of money. She can tell a dollar bill from a five from a fiver, just by the feel of it. We get that in the episode, um, and with her and Klinger. and so uh, you have this interplay. And of course, uh, the funny story is the major who is uh, who is uh, left there. He's a. a, 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 a He's a, he's a, not a regular cast member. He only appears once, um, in the, uh, a couple of times in the episode, but it's funny. He was in Honolulu and his buddies, I guess, uh, after a drinking binge, put him on a transport to, and he ended up right there in Korea. So for completeness, for compactness of scene, for economy of, uh, of comedy uh, right down to the uh, the peanut shells on the tables uh, it's a great show and I would recommend anybody to check it out and any of the episodes uh, they played about 11 seasons I believe uh, of great great humor and it was the most widely watched last episode uh, or finale uh, ever in the t- television history it's one of my favorite all-time shows, so you want to check out M.A.S.H. and, um, and its cast members. It's family of uproarious comedy that you can't pass up. Hi, I'm Buckles Branigan and my friend and buddy who plays Jim Harvey Hardy on, uh, that great show, Tales from Wells Fargo, and it's Dale Robertson. Ah, that's great to be here. Uh, the, 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 the Wells Fargo, um, I like, I like my part. Um, I, I like the horses. Uh, we try to, uh, catch the bad guys. Um, you know, uh, the, uh, the whole, uh, the whole thing with, the with the stage coming in and uh we got uh we got wells fargo uh i'm protecting it i'm the investigator for wells fargo i love your voice i love your voice it's guy massey coming in uh, to join the, the two here um hi buckles how are you it was great doing the spots with you for your uh saddle so yeah i heard about your saddle so uh, I'm going to try it out sometime uh, I like the lotion I like the idea of that spray that, that one shot spray uh, uh, shoot em up spray I call it shoot em up spray it uh, takes care of leather it's a leather conditioner in a convenient spray can comes in two sizes uh, we got the small 4 ounce and we got the larger 8 ounce can and it's got the distinctive plastic cap on the top Uh, It can fit right on your workbench uh, shelf, and uh, I like it. Yeah, I want to try it out. Uh, um, In between acting uh, uh, gigs that I have with Wells Fargo and uh, the whole cast there on uh, Tales from Wells Fargo, um, I like to, to do some leather tooling hobbies. I've actually got a leather burning kit. But uh, some of my leather is uh, needs uh, needs a little bit of refurbishment. Can I do that to bulk leather? I would recommend you use the saddle soap. Uh, it is a luster uh, and sup brings luster and suppleness to to all your leather goods, uh, Dale. So, Dale, your career is uh, you've done some great great westerns, but I want to ask you uh, on the set of tales from wells fargo well actually well you did you did uh i understand you did some black and whites and i did you did some color some some color episodes yeah we went we went color uh uh we went color uh we were one of the shows to go color uh, fairly early about mid midway uh, midway on the chart there of color transition uh, you know, in 1965, just about every show uh, was in black and white. Uh, and then uh, by 66, uh, everything was in vivid uh, vivid Technicolor. Uh, of course, Technicolor uh, wasn't used uh, on television per se. Uh, it was a Kodak uh, system on television, Technicolor being its own uh, formula in own laboratories. Developed for 35 millimeter in film in in movies. We're 35 millimeter film in television. So those are the distinctions. But we've caught varmints on our show, whether it's color or black and white. The bad guys uh, don't win. We had uh, a little episode of uh, uh, being stranded in a house uh, by a Wells Fargo station, actually. Uh, And uh, the bad guy was uh, going after another guy that was sick in the bed. And the woman wanted to take care of the man and the other guy was jealous. uh, And uh, it all came down to him being shot down. He was shot down. Uh, A card shop was part of that scene. He came out the door with uh, dealing the hand, uh, shuffling the cards really real fancy, fanning them out, doing all these card tricks. And I was pretty impressed and dumbfounded. I just stood there uh, before it cut to the other scene. Uh, We uh, chased chased the bad guy later on. One of the bad guys came out challenged us with a gun. Uh, we scattered about to, to uh, shoot him up. Uh, we missed him in the shootout because others were involved, other bad ones, because uh, the house had about half and half, half bad, half good. And uh, he ran off on his horse and I got on my horse and chased him uh, into the prairie lands. And uh, we, uh, I knocked him, I got on his horse, I jumped on off my horse onto his while in mid-stride. And uh, I got, uh, got, to, got a good grip on his shoulders and got him down. And uh, the cameraman had to move. There was a little bit of trouble in production with that scene. Uh, we've had some problems with the scenes, and you typically have with uh, shoot 'em up scenes. But this one was a knockdown scene. And uh, there's also some special effects when you punch a guy. I want to know about. Uh, I know about that, but I think Guy wants to know how. How. How do you punch a fellow actor uh, in the face, in the mouth, in the gut, and uh, continue on with the scene, faking it but not getting hurt? Well, it's a trick. It's a trick. Uh, it's a trick, Guy. It's uh, and 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 uh, Buckles. It is, uh, it's one of the Hollywood tricks. It's just like the, the glass bottle that's really not glass uh, that breaks over your head and we put the sound in later. Uh, but uh, the, the, uh, the, actual, the actual effect of punching is that you pull the punch at the last second so that the force, uh, there's contact, but it's very minimal. Uh, it's not a bruising contact. So it's really effective and uh, it really looks good on camera. And of course, the camera angle is very important. Uh, The camera angle is typically done so that it has uh, the maximum impact is visually transmitted. So there's a lot of different kind of high tech and low tech working together to come together uh, for a great episode. Half hour episodes uh, a half hour, half hour, uh, and uh, we 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 film on location. There's no uh, stage sets, uh, except for the interiors, of course. Uh, Hollywood plays a role on the interiors mostly, but we do 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 some interiors on location. But typically, those are done in Hollywood just for cost reasons and for uh, overall, uh, most of the equipment is back in Hollywood. In Hollywood. We do take, carry, uh, carry a lot with us when we do go on uh, into our territories that uh, Wells Fargo uh, serves. The town is, is called uh, Glory B, and it's uh, spelled G-L-O-R-I-B-I-E, and uh, it is a great little town. It's got some color. It's got some excitement. There's uh, shoot 'em up tensions. There's beautiful women. There's a saloon, of course. You can't can't have a western without a saloon. Uh, we got uh, we got the Wells Fargo uh, office, and uh, that's, uh, that takes place. Uh, we got the, the the guy in the office that sits uh, behind the uh, the thin bars there, and the counter, and counts the bills and the bonds and the the gold uh, we were uh, started in New York City, Wells Fargo, uh, 1874, I believe, and uh, uh, it uh, it is a great company. It's a good company to work for, and I'm proud to be part of the whole whole interplay. Uh, I might be wrong about the date of incorporation. I just played I just played it on TV. As my as one of the investigators so what 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 do the investigators as you would call them what do the investigators do yeah I was wondering myself when there's when there's a, a good question when there's a hold up for instance when there's a hold up either on the tr- on the trail which happens most of the time because that's a vulnerable vulnerable, situation when you think about it uh, most passengers are unarmed uh, the riders are certainly shotgun the shotgun expression probably comes from the fact that he's riding shotgun and protecting the driver who's usually faced on the on the uh, opposite british side of the of the driver's side of the uh, the uh, the front front uh, seat there uh, this team of horses, usually six it's a good, good horsepower we got there, six horsepower working working in our favor, uh, but it's vulnerable, so most of the, your most of your heists happen on on the trail on the dusty trail, and I also think that you got some problems at your offices as well. We got offices in glory B good question buckles. Uh, yeah, Glory B is the main plays the main character in that, and uh, it, it gets held up uh, from time to time, and that's another place. So I investigate any of those holdups, any of the murders that might take place, go to the marshal. And I work with the marshal uh, because usually it's one of the same farmer that's uh, starting that up. We got these uh, real bad hombres. I just want to thank you. Thanks so much. It was wonderful to come here uh, to Pawtucket to do this. Thank you. And I'm going to get back to my town of South Fork. I know Glory B is a great place to be. Uh, I think that's what the Chamber of Commerce there uses for a slogan. It does. It does. It's, It's a good slogan. I like it very much. And thanks so much. Dale Robertson, Dale Robertson, the great actor from Hollywood, who is, uh, plays Jim Hardy, H-A-R-D-I-E on the show Tales from Wells Fargo or Tales of Wells Fargo. Tales of Wells Fargo is right. That's the right title. Thanks again. And thank you both for being, uh, being on the show on Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. And this is Guy Massey saying bye for now. Hi, I'm Buckles Branigan, and I want to tell you about a great, great product for leather care. It's called Buckles Brannigan Saddle Soap and Leather Conditioner. And, you know, it's really the best product out there for your leather goods, your shoes, your handbags, your coats, and, of course, your saddles. I like it, and I use it, and my name is on it. That's how much I like it. So you want to go and use this product. It's easy to apply it's all natural, it's got silicone, it's got great product that is added to it to make it just better and overall easier to use, and the results, the results are stellar. So you want to try this, Buckles Brannigan Saddle Soap and Leather Conditioner. Just go to bucklesbrannigan.com for more information. This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories.